Hello and welcome back to the Why We Write Fantasy podcast. My name is Oscar Susana. And I'm KJ Aiello. And today we have an amazing episode for you. We've been talking a lot before about bigger worlds and bigger ideas and concepts. Now we're going to kind of narrow our focus a little bit. We're still within world building, but we're going to kind of take that and turn it a little bit sideways in talking about small worlds and big characters. And just to just to add to that, like we've been talking in the past couple of episodes about like Lord of the Rings style yeah. world building, uh, Brandon Sanderson, like big ones that make mm-hmm. amazing worlds and continents and everything. This time we're just doing it smaller, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And really, is this technically world building? Is it not? And this is the amazing thing about writing techniques, about genres, about literature itself, is that it's constantly evolving. So what we're going to be talking about tonight is more of the interior worlds that our characters build. And what I I mean by that is more of like a liminal or an intrusive fantasy. But they're really great if you're a fantasy writer. They can be separate but also work together. Liminal fantasy is like thinking of liminality, of the in-between, where your character could reside in an in-between. It can be a literal in-between place, or it could be they kind of float between worlds. And that could be a world in reality versus non-reality. It could be our world versus a fantasy world, but it it's premised, the story is premised around that in-between space, the liminality of it. Intrusive fantasy isolates the character as well as the reader. So the character is experiencing magical happenings or magical creatures or whatever the case may be, but no one else around them can see this. So the character is completely isolated. And the reader is also usually receiving this information from the character's perspective. So they're feeling slightly isolated from the rest of the characters in the book as well. Anyways, that's like a really, your quick (laughs) synopsis of what these, these small worlds, big characters are. And it's basically the world is built around the character's psyche. That sort right. of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And uh, just thinking about like magical realism, there's a, there's a lot of overlap between that one and yeah. uh, liminal fantasy. Like I think about uh, like the the classics in, in magical realism, like uh, 100 Years of Solitude or uh, like other, like Pedro Paramo in, mm-hmm. in Mexico or Aura like uh, Carlos Fuentes. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. about the ones that I had to read in high school because that was part of the... Uh, the curriculum, but thinking it has usually has like a, a setting that it's our world, but it's uh, like a little overlap between that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some yeah. magical elements, but the magic the magic is usually left very like unexplained. Like you don't mm-hmm. really know what's going on. It's just that it's there. Just not a lot of information, and and I think part of that is the uh, the idea that by the when you finish reading, you're not really sure. Mm-hmm. if the character was actually thinking about it, like imagining it, was it a dream or what actually happened? Yeah. And it's one of the things that um, that make me think of, every time when I, when I hear the term like liminal fantasies, like, well, why don't we just call it like magical realism as we should, in my point of view, right? Besides that, uh, okay, so we, we just explained a little bit of what is uh, liminal fantasy, what is intrusive mm-hmm. fantasy, and what is uh, magical realism, and a little bit on how they overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but KG, you have more experience writing like this. Yeah. Uh, like thinking about like interiority and all those things. Yeah. When you're writing uh, 
it like your 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 book even if mm-hmm. the book you're, you're publishing or something else like how do you approach it i think the wonderful thing about these types of fantasy is that first of all you already have the architecture of a world anyways like both physically like ge- geographically you know you can set it in our world and you could set it in another world too but also the it's more of the character psyche and the, their psychology and human behaviors. And we have a lot of information about, you know, what typical human behaviors are like, even if somebody is living with mental illness or mental unwellness or neurodiversity. So being able to approaching intrusive or liminal fantasy, you definitely wouldn't start building your world. What you would do is start building your character's motivations their wants, like why is it they're doing what they are what they are doing, but what is it that's stopping them from actually achieving what they need to achieve? And it's usually in this kind of case, it's themselves mm-hmm. stopping them, right? There's something in their own psyche that is stopping them from moving forward. It's one of the things I like about this uh, uh, this type of uh, fantasy that it leaves you with uh, it could be like a completely different interpretation of yeah the story, and I kind of yeah. like that, like. Um, I think I'm trying to move moving like out of uh, like Latin American authors that I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people might not be familiar with. Like I think about like Neil Gaiman, yeah, with, uh, uh, the Ocean at the End of the Lane. I think yes. it was called. Yeah, the Ocean um, at the End of the Lane. Yeah. Well, that that one for me, it's uh, magical realism, totally. And I know like like doing a little bit of the research, research, there are some publications that actually talk about it as magical realism right but i think it will also land in the liminal fantasy side based on yeah. what you're saying yeah it could be both liminal and intrusive fantasy and this is the amazing thing about these types of fantasy is that you can have both they don't have to be exclusive right right so the yeah the character can live in this in between but also feel this intrusion and feel isolated and but they don't entirely know what's what's true or not and as mm-hmm. well, we, the reader, don't really know what's true or not. And those wonderful interpretations actually teach us a lot, particularly as writers. It's like, oh, that's amazing. Because even as a writer, you don't necessarily need to know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can trust that your reader is going to take their own interpretation. And you don't need to, to cater to that in any way. You don't need to force any interpretation. Right. right? Yeah. So, and I think we... I mean, we just gave a few examples of it and uh, you're talking a little bit about how to write it. And we know like you and I both read, read uh, Piranesi uh, just a yeah, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that one lands in the same the same way. Like because you and I were talking about it and uh, like my interpretation, like in the beginning, one of the things that happened is that uh, without like, giving a lot of spoilers, is that I, th- I thought that Piranesi was uh, like in a mental institution. And yeah. he was imagining a lot of things, and your interpretation was different yeah. in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, totally it's one of the yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of the really, really cool things that something that is more like you're building the world in the in the heads of the characters allow you to write. Yes. Then, like going back to what we were talking last week, is the that we have like let's say uh, Middle Earth, the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of room for interpretation, right? The Rivendell yeah. is there, and yeah. that's the way it is. There's not a lot of of room t- for the reader yeah. to 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 get it in a different way, unless you're reading it wrong, of course. But in yeah. this case, when you have this uh, this world in the in the characters' minds, it's just it's just it's open. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for the writer too, it's completely open. There are a lot less rules when we're talking about these small worlds, big characters, intrusive and liminal fantasy and magical realism. There are a lot less rules that we need to follow because let's be real, there are not a lot of rules that our subconscious, our psyches follow right like there's you know you could be in a dream world and not being able to run or you know when you're being chased or you know the strangest things happen well you can also create as in the case of Piranesi this house and it's called mm-hmm. a house like proper noun house with thousands and thousands and thousands of hallways it's just infinite yeah. but it also has an ocean trapped inside like that just doesn't make sense right but I love that your your first interpretation was that he was in, you know, a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. I thought that he was actually kidnapped. And this is where his brain actually, the, the world that his brain created in order to be able to cope with the trauma he was undergoing. Mm-hmm. But then I learned very recently that Susanna Clark, the the author of the book, she actually wrote that just as she came out of a severe major depressive episode. So now there you can also see the influences, but we're all right. Whatever the interpretation is of it, we are all right. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's amazing. It it is. And especially if you're okay with like not having like this, uh, uh, a lot of the things explained in the world, Mm -hmm. like it's not my, uh, like, I I know like you loved it. And for me it was like, it's okay. Uh, But it's mostly because I like, like, I like, for example, magic. I like, the rules of magic explained like how does magic work tell me yeah because that's what that's what i like like show me a map i want to see mm-hmm. that and in cases like this one it's just completely different like you're never going to see a map or magic explained magic happens and magic yeah. is something that maybe sometimes most of the time the character doesn't even understand how it's happening and yeah. i think that's part of the the uh again the interiority that you were saying but like like a really really interesting way in to build the world like this small world in the character's mind mm-hmm. build it through the story yeah exactly and when you kind of look at it you know from a meta perspective it's this is the biggest world that we can possibly build is that it's taking our own psychology and our behaviors and what makes us tick and blowing it wide and creating an entire world from that right if mm-hmm. and and what do they believe that is you know opposite to in juxtaposition with reality and i'm air quoting here i you know cuz reality is very <laughs> perception it's yeah. totally perception right <laughs> yeah. and this is another amazing i get so excited about this um so you really you have to define who your character is you need to know their motivations you need to know their backstory see your world building is all about your character building and but from there that's the world that you end up building because it is in your character's head is their subjective very subjective experience right right and i th- i like what you said about character building because i mean you can you can have an amazing world mm-hmm. but if you don't have an interesting character that drives the story it's not going oh, to yeah. be a good. It's not going to be a good book. It's going to be yeah. a, a campaign setting for yeah. <laughs> RPG. <laughs> I, I think about it like I think about the worlds that I like. Besides the one that I've read, like a lot mm-hmm. of the RPGs that I play, they have amazing worlds. Mm-hmm. But then, it's just a world, and they leave me to create the story. Yeah. But but I think in this case, it's the total opposite. Like there's no world. You just create the story, and you you create the world for this person. And yeah. I, I find it fascinating as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, look at something like um, Life of Pi, Jan Martel's Life of Pi, and you know even the movie too. That's an ex- excellent example of intrusive fantasy. Now, I'm not gonna like give too much away because I feel if I explain even a little bit of it, you I give it all away. But basically, fine <laughs> if you do it. Like, it came, like the I'm gonna do a little been, bit. <laughs> and I think the movie came out like what, like ten years ago. If like, you haven't watched it yet, if you haven't watched it, you. then it's your that's fault. You. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Okay, so basically this kid, he's going from India to, I think it's the Americas or, or England or something, and he's on a boat, and the boat, they end up in a storm, and he is the only one left on this little rowboat in the middle of, I think it's the, the South, mm-hmm. South Pacific Ocean in the middle, and basically he's on this tiny boat with like um, uh, a a gorilla there's a hyena there's a tiger i can't remember but basically it's it's a matter of survival with him both surviving the elements and no water but also surviving these animals but are the animals really animals is i'm just gonna leave it at that because (laughs) it's how he it's how he was able to cope with retelling the story once he was rescued the only way he could retell the story, something that has been was so traumatic for him, was by creating this fantasy. But he knew, and this is the interesting about this story too, is that he knew full well what he was doing, but he mm-hmm. had to do it. It was the only way he could. Yeah. You know, I think that's incredible. And I think that's some really intelligent writing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah a good, as you said, like, book. yeah, I haven't read the book to be you to should. be completely honest. I should, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But the, I, I mean, I think in the movie, the it actually captures it pretty well. Really like, well. Yeah. Yeah, the we, movie's really I think good. It's harder to do in a movie than in a book. Like yeah. in a book, you leave a lot for the reader to imagine. Like, I think about like, uh, why do I keep, always keep back going to Lord of the Rings? Uh, I don't it's know. It's okay. It just so, go go what you feel. It's yeah, where okay. your heart so is. Let, let's, do let's, it. Say, let's say the, world, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Like, I remember when I was reading the when they go into moria yeah i had moria in my head like yeah. i knew how it was and when they uh found like the orcs and the troll and the balrog and all that mm-hmm. i i have it there but i think when i saw it in the movies it was like okay it's not exactly how i thought about it but it's mm. really cool and i think yeah. they were able to do it pretty well but yeah. i think um and i think one of the things that that happens is that if you're writing and you need your character at a stadium and then at an airport, that's fine. You just write an airport and stadium and that's it. Mm-hmm. When you're producing a movie, then you need to pay for whatever mm-hmm. you're doing at the airport, the stadium. <laughs> so it becomes a little harder. So I think the fact mm-hmm. that they did it this well in, in Life of Pi, oh, yeah. uh, I think it's just it's just really, really, really amazing. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I mean, we talk about writing. It's mostly books because that's what we like, but we also talk about writing like TV shows, movies, mm-hmm. um, graphic novels, so those things. So I think the writing there was actually really good. It was it's, really good. Yeah. And it's, it's cin- cinematography, cinegraphically, cinegraphically, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I am a writer. Um, <laughs> it, I think it, you're right because it really captured this like mystical, magical element to the story with you know the colors and the the um, the sounds the music it was just absolutely stunning it was a very magical movie but at all times it was very tense you knew that danger was lurking right on the boat (laughs) 
yes. right on the boat. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think another, now you're saying that, I think the, the, the hardest part, I think, is interiority in a movie because yes. in a book, you can be inside mm -hmm. the, the character's head. Yeah. In the movie, you can't. So you can't. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You lose a lot of that in the movie. And they did really well there. And that's the thing, too, about this type of fantasy liminal and intrusive fantasy is there's so much interiority and this is why you need to know your character through and through because you also need to write your character from their perspective knowing full well that their perspective might actually be very skewed and i think i think this is a great question for you because mm -hmm. you you like reading this you like writing this more yeah. than more than i do um in like we were talking about like how we can bring this world. And you said mm -hmm. like, well, we're talking about building them from the character's perspective. Mm -hmm. You need to understand your character. You need to know what they're thinking, what they're doing in practice. How would you do it? Like, is there any, like a couple of tips for, for our <laughs> listeners? I mean, I don't know. Like I, eat sleep breathe my characters <laughs> like it's all i think <laughs> become obsessed no let's think practically here um i think like there's definitely there is a lot of thinking just a lot of thinking that you need to do but there's also some practical exercises that you can do too so you can actually like um write a letter to your character or write a letter from mm -hmm. your character you know you could um, write random scenes with your character in it that you know may or may not go in the novel. Just pick a random scene and see yeah. how your character reacts to. And this is this type of fantasy is very much, I think the 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 plantsers, the not pantsers, not plotters, but the plantsers are definitely going to be like, this is me. Um, gonna, they're going to enjoy this. Part. Yeah, <laughs> because you, yeah, your character is going to be telling you the story, right? So the more you write your character, the more you're going to understand them. But I also think that really fleshing out your character's backstory and what that did to them, right? So maybe your character comes from a broken home and not a blended family that, you know, is um, functional, that sort of thing, but a, a completely dysfunctional childhood. Okay, that, you know, there are a lot of people who come from that kind of a background, but how did this impact your character? What are the subtle ways that it impacted your character? So you really have to start thinking about psychology and human behavior, right? And maybe even talk to some people, do some research, that sort of thing. But I think that like, there's a lot of back end work that you need to do yeah. before you can really start to, to set them on their way, but don't ever not write. I think right. you just always need to write. Always. Yeah. There's, there's one that I do, um, and I think it's aligned to what you're doing. And I do it for not only my, my protagonist, but I do it for secondary characters. And I do it for everyone who has some impact in the story. Is that I write their origin story. That's kind of how. So what I do is like, yeah, I just want to, I just like to write like what happened to them at some point in their lives that made them who they are now. And it might not be like a, a massive thing. It's usually one scene or maybe a couple of scenes that I write, but I try to get into the character's mind. Like you said, it might be a broken home. It might be something different, but there's something that, I mean, again, like if we think about the human mind, it might be a little more than that. It's not just one event that changes you, but maybe there's an event that changes you in the end. Maybe there's a process, right? But I think you're able to write even that little scene uh, for me, it helps me a lot. It helps me a lot to understand the characters and how they will react in in the story and how they will react with my 
uh, protagonist or or something like that. So I think that's also a really good exercise that that people can do. Yeah, when you were, I saying enjoy that, it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I know you do. This is, but also I think that you recommended this book to me. I can't remember, but it's a fantastic book, Lisa Cron's Story Genius. Yes. Yeah. Did I? I don't know if I you did, yes. you did. Yes. So I got it and I read. It. I think it's the first <laughs> time I've ever done that with Oscar. But um, so she basically talks about you know the main uh, plot, your what your character is pushing against, but she also talks about the third rail and the third rail and I might get this wrong, being what is what is the through line like what is your character um what is your character really about right so with each scene that you write you need to have this third rail happening and read the book because i'm not explaining it very well yeah but that's what this reminds really, me of yeah. yeah yeah so that that's actually a really great place to start as well is reading yeah. lisa cron's story genius um in order to be able to write this type of fantasy and build this interior world because the interior world in liminal and intrusive fantasy becomes the exterior. Right. And this was a really great introduction to world building in a different perspective. Yeah. It's not just like, it's not actually creating these massive worlds and maps and rules and how magic works, even though I love that. Yeah. But in, in this type of uh, different type of fantasy, we can, we can just think about what it's inside the person. And I think that's yeah. a, that's a really good introduction. And I think it will, um, prepare our listeners to when we start talking about character development yeah. and all those things. Yeah, it all works together. It does, yeah. It does. Um, so before we, we close this, as always, we're going to talk about quickly on what are we reading right now. So, Katie, yes. you begin. What are you reading? I am reading, and this is a really good book, The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Silvio Moreno-Garcia. She is a Canadian-Mexican. I believe she's Canadian. Um author she's got a couple of novels out and this is i think like maybe her third or fourth it mm -hmm. is so good it's like um a loose loosely inspired on the island of dr moreau but it's basically like one of his hybrid daughters it's just mm. it's such a good book it's so good i like her as a writer anyways Perfect. how about you what are you reading i am rereading something that i read when i was young uh it's uh Ursula K. Le Guin, yes. uh, the books of Earthsea. I'm actually reading right now. Well, it's such a short book. Like the first one, like the Wizard of Earthsea is like 130 pages only of this yeah. massive tome. But this is a special edition and I love it. It's uh, um, it's one of the, the the books that I read when, when I was starting with fantasy. Uh, I think it's more targeted to like young readers. Mm -hmm. It's YA. Uh, yeah, YA, but but again, like back in back in the in my time in in Mexico, I we didn't have a lot of fantasy options in Spanish. They weren't translated. I'm talking mm -hmm. about like early '90s, so it wasn't that much. But I had like Tolkien. I had the classics like Lewin, all those things. And I remember I loved the book, so I I got this special edition, and I'm going through the first one because I just want to reread it again. And nice. something that I guess everybody. Not everybody, but most people who love fantasy at least know that it exists. Uh, and I would recommend just mm. read it. It's it's a lot of world building. Um, it's a really good magic system. And there's a lot of character development. Like the 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 character, the, the wizard Ged, um, he's he's flawed. Like he's not he's not like a perfect character. He's flawed. Like actually the I would say I mean, I'm I'm might not be remembering correctly, but I remember there was something that happened. He used magic, and then he created kind of the villain. Like, oh. I might be, I might be wrong. Okay. But it's a mistake that he makes, 
that actually propels the story into the antagonist. Oh, that's so, awesome. It's a really flawed character, uh, yeah. but it's a really, yeah, I'm reading that, rereading it. Uh, I think everybody should read it. It's 130 yeah. pages. It's pretty short, like you can finish it in an afternoon. So uh, I may do that today. Actually. Do it. I still have not read Ursula K. Le Guin, and I feel like such a fake fantasy fan. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm well, so fake. I think I think the difference, and we just I just said this. Like in my case, that like, we didn't have a lot of fantasy. Um, most yeah. of the fantasy authors that I wanted to read, they only wrote in English, and those books didn't arrive in Mexico. So yeah, we had the ones that were translated. We didn't have a lot of. Uh, English literature. I mean, it's different now. There's you can find anything anywhere in yeah. Mexico City, but back then, early '90s, it was uh, mostly in like mostly if not everything was in Spanish, yeah. and uh, only if it had been translated. So I didn't have a lot of options. I I, I remember I read the Lord of the Rings. I went to the bookstore and say, "Hey, <laughs> I, I just more. read the Lord of the Rings. What can I read now?" Oh, that's so and the, the dude there, <laughs> it was like what? Like he was 15. 14 oh, and the dude there was like you know what read this one so i remember i purchased them like three in three little books like three yeah. independent books that i read in maybe a week and then oh, i, I went it. back and kept uh, asking about uh... more fantasy until until like i think i had covered everything that was been was translated at the time but, oh i love it that's yeah. such a good story you kept going back what else you got for me yeah it was, i mean <laughs> I again it. yeah i love I, I, yeah. I live really close to the to the bookstore so it was pretty pretty uh, easy for me to get there uh but anyway okay cool um kj before we we wrap this up anything else that we didn't talk about today i think we talked about everything that we i think to we got about. everything in yeah. yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot more happening this season and even next season there's so much to writing about fantasy and this is why we have a podcast because yes. there's so much like it. <laughs> i love it okay. uh well thanks everyone who's listening uh make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube if you're watching if you're listening to this as a podcast make sure you subscribe on any um podcast uh, app that you use to listen to us either apple podcast google podcast spotify uh, and all that yeah and look for us on instagram at why we write fantasy send us a message use the hashtag wwf and whatever your thoughts pictures your writing we would love to see it thank you so much until next time <laughs>